You are listening to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast presented by Realm of the Mist Entertainment with your host, John Tolley. And welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. We are coming tonight, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me today, as always, is first my co-host. He is Mr. Christopher Stolley. Chris, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, I was preparing for this episode by watching The Flash. And by the way, Anthony has just joined in as well. Well, welcome, Anthony. <laughs> welcome to War of the Stars, Anthony. Thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, and also joining us today is uh, Mr. Kevin Hunter. Kevin, how are you today, sir? I'm doing fine. How you guys doing? Uh, I'm doing just great. Doing just great. And, uh, well, let's start off first with a little bit of Star Wars news. Guys, they announced... Three movies coming out and the dates, uh, 2022, 2024, and 2026. Uh, no word yet on any titles or what they're going to be, um, but guys, speculation. Oh, it's the... Obi-Wan old- Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> he says Obi-Wan. Uh, three I, movies I'm, for Obi-Wan? It's one, it, as long as it's like one Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, that's, that's it. That's the movie they need to make. It needs to happen. The fans want it. I want it. I'm sorry. The universe needs this. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree on that. Not not that uh, that the pe- the fans want Obi Wan or that the fans need Obi Wan, and that it should be made. But you know, giving two years in between three three movie dates announced, it's the Benioff and Weiss trilogy. It mm-hmm. it it's the Old Republic. Now they didn't they didn't mention anything about spin-offs or or you know Star Wars stories or anything else. They could still throw that in. They just announced their to me they announced their next trilogy. Yeah, uh, I think so. I agree. Well, it's a fantasy I'm on. <laughs> yeah. But I do agree that Obi-Wan <laughs> needs to exist. <laughs> yeah. Well, Obi-Wan deserves this. Period. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what do you guys, do you think that's a good of doing it every other year instead of the every year? Well, technically they've been doing that with this trilogy. Yeah, we just we just, we just got spoiled with Solo and Rogue One in between. Yeah. But they were every two years. I think it's smart that they're taking a couple years off to mm-hmm. to shake to shake off the uh, the fatigue of too much Star Wars. Plus, give a time, yeah. give a chance for the... Uh, uh, Disney streaming service to start taking off with the Mandalorian and the Cassian Andor series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only but, $6 I mean, that, a month. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, though, that does mean, though, that me and you, Chris, will be almost in our 50s by the time the third one hits. Bite your tongue, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I will be a 90-year-old man on my respirator watching Star That's right. I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's right. Not the respirator. You could put me in an That's eye right. or lung as long as it's got wheels to wheel me into the goddamn theater. I'm cool with it. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> we going old school. We going all the way back to depression. <laughs> well, maybe maybe by the time I need an iron lung, they'll build a Vader suit. 
That's right. Yes. You yes. can cosplay. <laughs> it's like cosplay, and it's great for my health and good for arthritis. With my luck, no, my luck, I won't be walking in looking like Vader. I'll be walking in looking like Saw Guerrero. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That'd be a sight to see. Including, including the uh, buckwheat afro. <laughs> okay, nobody needs to see that. A white man with a Don King afro. No, no. <laughs> I want a picture. I want a picture. I, me too. I would love to see this. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I want to burn my redness. Wonderful. Um, so, okay, um, of course, the other thing, we already touched a list, uh, little bit on the um, Realm of the Mist podcast, but, of course, earlier we lost um, Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca, and just quickly, I wanted to go through, uh, get your guys' thoughts and some of your favorite Chewbacca moments, like, from any of the like the movies, especially the ones that he was in, so mainly the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Uh, what are some of your guys' favorite like memories and what you remember most about Chewbacca and your favorite moments? So, Chris, I'll start with you. I mean, uh, what can I say about an iconic character, and especially for a man who wasn't even an actor? He had one role in life, and he was born to play it, and he's brought so much joy to so many people. You know, with a non-speaking role, you know, just mannerisms and head tilts. And, and, you know, we fell in love with the character Chewbacca. And it's because we fell in love with the person Peter Mayhew. Um, He will be greatly missed in the Star Wars community. I think he'll be greatly missed by people that may not even be Star Wars fans, but just know that he brought an iconic character to life. Yeah, and uh, as far as like one of my favorite moments, it quite honestly, it's the uh, you always look at Chewie as the hard ass and the silent sidekick of Han Solo, but I still remember, you know, watching uh, Empire Strikes Back for the first time as a young kid and getting that warm fuzzy feelings when Luke goes to say goodbye to Han and Chewie, and he kind of scratches Chewie on the chin, and Chewie just pulls him into a giant hug. You know, <laughs> shit, yeah. like, shit like that was like, man, Chewie's like a big old puppy dog. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, so that that's one of my favorite memories of Chewie. Mm-hmm. What about uh, what about you, Anthony? Man, one of my favorite. I, I mean, I got a lot of moments. I say just the fact that, like, you know. The chemistry between him and Han Solo, mm-hmm. like, it's always been kind of, it's been kind of one of those moments where it's just like, it's slapstick, it's funny, they always talk smack to each other, like, he'd be like, and he'd be like, yeah, I know, I know, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, this shit like that, like, I've always enjoyed kind of like, if it's even just small talk or dialogue in between scenes or whatever, it was yeah. always very entertaining. And very comedic in a lot of ways. So, mm. that, I feel like, you know, he was a very important aspect to these movies because of the fact he brought something a little lighthearted, even in, like, The Empire Strikes Back, when it was, like, getting really dark. <laughs> yeah. Laugh yeah. it up, fuzzball. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about what about you, Kevin? What are some memories uh, you have of Chewbacca? Well, all my memories, uh, obviously, they come back to the original trilogy. Um, but 
I, I heard over a, a recent interview for uh, when they did um, episode seven, how there was actually a class that like he inspired the younger generation to like there's a whole fleet of, of people wanting to learn how to do exactly what he did. So for him to start it off and then to be able to pass on his his knowledge, even though it, to him it probably didn't seem like anything. Because like you guys said, he, you know, it's just move, like certain movements and, and gestures. But like to and that's that's not something that can come easy to a lot of people. So to be able to teach that on to the younger generation, so that way we can have a Chewbacca from here on out is uh, is amazing. Um, that's that's what I appreciate about the the actor, and it 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 says a lot. You know, as a young Kevin uh, watching movies. And seeing these people in the costume, or not knowing that they're actually people in the costume because it looks so realistic. Oh yeah, it could be a dog man type thing going around. Like I, I can believe that. And then to grow up and to know that there's people actually inside uh, or costumes to make the to make them come alive, it, it meant a lot. Mm. He, he did a real good job. Yeah, I think there's yeah. Uh, Real quick before before you give yours, I think there's a lesson that a lot of Star Wars fans can learn from Peter Mayhew too, not just you know in actions and movements or, or how you know even an ordinary person because again he was an orderly in Yorkshire in a Yorkshire hospital, you know that was his claim to fame before Chewbacca, you know um, a lot of inspiration in his story, but one of the major ones is that he was just a pure true fan. Of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and no matter exactly. which what film it was in, no matter who was wearing his Chewbacca outfit, he just loved the franchise and loved the fact that he was a part of it, and he got to live to see it continue. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. That's right. You know, I, for me, it's there i mean and you guys have said this too there's so many memories and so many things that you know are um that i almost have one for a funny moment which is of course the laugh it up fuzzball is one of my favorite favorite lines <laughs> just because yeah uh cuz you're that whole thing of i'd rather kiss a you know the line of i'd rather kiss a wookie I can arrange and, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Chewie's, Chewie's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, that and... <laughs> as far as like a heart-wrenching, you know, two heart-wrenching moments, one is when Chewie roars after Han is put in the carbonite hmm. and then that reunion in, in the Jabba's prison. When he's like, he know, he sees that it's Han and he pulls him in for that big bear hug. Yeah. Those are two just, you know, moments that just get me. And of course you have the, uh, um, uh, droids don't pull, pull someone's arms off when they lose. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. See that, that, that's why, that's why it's like, if there's an all time favorite, I I can't believe I'm going to say this, but there's an all time favorite, uh, chewy moment. It was set up by a new hope. Uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, Wookiees pull arms out of sockets, and then we finally get to see it, which makes it my all-time favorite, in Solo. Yeah. yeah. 
where Han's berating him. It's like, great, Chewie, the one uniform that could have fit me. And then you look over, and he's just holding two arms. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe they would come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> he gave him a little strong arm. <laughs> but but as far as far as Peter Mayhew's performance, like my all time favorite, like I said, is is the the hugging hugging Luke thing. Cause that was really the first time you saw that Chewie wasn't just you know a big burly dude. Like he was a loyal friend. You saw that, but how compassionate of a character Chewie was until that real moment. Mm-hmm. Um. But the if I if I had to choose a second uh, from from the original trilogy, um, it would it would have to be Return of the Jedi when he and the Ewoks uh, hijacked the uh, ATST. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. The the the, the, the Tarzan roar. <laughs> I gotta know. As a note. We can't forget his crossbow. Period. Oh yeah, in the story. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a yeah. weapon. Yeah, the bo- Yes, the uh, bowcat. Yeah, the bowcaster. Yep. Well, as we said on on Realm of the Mist podcast, um, it doesn't. Chewbacca will always live on. The character will always be there because there's always going to be somebody that can play the character, play the role, like put on the suit. Yeah. But that, no matter who wears that suit, and this is no disrespect to like the young guy that was standing in and all that, uh, that did Han Solo, that did Last Jedi, that did scenes in Force Awakens. Um, this is no disrespect to him, even though, I, again, I still can't remember his name. Um, but oh <laughs> whenever we see Chewbacca on screen, all we're going to see is Peter Mayhew. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think honestly I think probably the 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 kid who's playing it now know, knows that he knows that he will forever be in the shadow of Peter Mayhew. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he's fine with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 he's like, oh, I'm a legend. Okay, <laughs> I'm in the shadow of a legend. It'd be different. If it was just like some no name guy, something like that. Like people yeah. know who Peter Mayhew is now. It was somebody like. So like, this is um, Willie Jenkins. It okay, really, then that'd be a problem. It, like, it, Willie Jenkins. But it does it does really raise the question of like how emotionally wrecked are we going to be at the end of episode nine? Like think about mm-hmm. think about how we were at the end of episode eight, where some people had mixed feelings about the movie or everything else, but then we got to the in loving memory of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. yeah. How, oh. how are we going to feel in episode nine when this trilogy wraps up? And, and go with me a moment here, guys. Let's say this movie is the premier Star Wars movie of all time. It does everything that this movie is supposed to do. We're going to be emotional wrecks as it is. And then finally, we get the immemorial uh, in- uh, memory of, in loving memory of Peter, uh, Peter Mayhew. Peter May- uh, mm. It's going to be even worse. I think it's going to be. As emotional as a two six two thousand sixteen death. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'll be totally I'll be totally honest with you guys. I'll probably start getting emotional the minute I hear the 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 fanfare for start for the opening opening of it. The you know, the a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and then the the opening crawl. I'll probably start start getting emotional then 
But yeah, when they, you see the in memory of Peter Mayhew, that's going to take it over the edge for me. God damn it. You, you just, uh, we're we're going to put a petition out there. Relativist is going to put a petition out there. Disney <laughs> bought 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is the final Star Wars movie of the Skywalker saga that started through distribution of 20th Century Fox. Wow. Put mm-hmm. the goddamn fanfare at the beginning of the movie. Yes. For one or final dark. time, put the 20th Century Fox logo and the put it at the beginning of the goddamn movie. Make it feel right. Yeah. Or die. We will burn this mother down. I will fight a mouse. I've got hey, 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 hey now! <laughs> hey now! Do not do not disrespect our our mouse overlord, okay? God damn it! I've got cheese and cyanide, and while I'm filling that cheese with cyanide, I'll be singing "Hot Dog, Hot Dog, Hot Diggity Dog." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow! <laughs> All and that. <laughs> And that is how we win the war. <laughs> Cursing like okay, Donald this is Duck. what we learned today. Disney, if you're listening, if you're listening, the views the views expressed on War of the Stars do not necessarily reflect those of the host. <laughs> I for one, I for one, fully support our mouse overlord. And, and as a note, I'm. The thug life didn't choose me. Um, I didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose me. <laughs> no, no, that's that. That's not entirely true. You did. You did request to come come in the realm of the mist, but we kind of dragged you kicking and screaming since you since that request. <laughs> <laughs> if last night is any proof of that. <laughs> oh boy, uh, last night. Um, that is. Um... <laughs> Quite the shit show. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Just to re- recap for people, Realm of the Mist Entertainment uh, fans of it, you watched it. You watched the different podcasts. You listened to the different shows. You've watched the gameplays. You're familiar that our top show, our our top episode ever, has always been uh, "Fuck the FCC," uh, an after hours show where we basically went off about being censored. <laughs> or having an issue with the fact that we missed one word. Um, I really well, think last night we we blew that one out of the water. You guys do need to check out It Had to Be Said with Venus, episode 10. <laughs> Just go, after after you finish with War of the Stars here, go check that out and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> It'll make the sailor blush. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, uh, Chris. Did it? Uh, I was blushing. I was <laughs> blushing while I was making the damn jokes. Because <laughs> even I'm going. Even that little voice that I don't pay yes, attention go to. Yes, check out our wholesome podcast. Maybe <laughs> our wholesome men and women. That that little that little midichlorian voice in the back of my head that I don't listen to was going, dude. No, don't go there. <laughs> it's too late. It is too late. And my mouth, of course, was like, "Fuck you! I'll do what I want." <laughs> His mind was telling him no. 
<laughs> anyway, let's uh, before we get too far off subject, let's uh, let's go straight into our main topic today. Today is, of course, the last day for our continuing series on the women of Star Wars. We're ending it tonight with Ray. Oh yeah. Kenobi, Palpatine, Skywalker, Snoke. Nine Nub. Nine Nub Jr. That, that's a real name. That's a real name. Nine Nub Jr. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's get it, it, it's it's getting. I'm going to use the term retcon, but it, I, I still believe it was planned from the gate. It, it 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 the uh her parents are nobody is a red herring. I'm telling you it's getting retconned in nine. Mm-hmm. There was I a plan th- for yeah. Ray from Gate. Yeah. But the question is 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 she a Skywalker? I, I, hope so. not. I don't I, know. There's a theory there's a there's a theory that, that uh she was made the same way the uh Anakin was um, from Palpatine or or whoever the uh, his master was, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like the theory. I like I like to believe that she was just like like her parents were nobody. Because if the whole basis of Jedi's in, in general is the people that the babies are picked up from parents, their parents aren't nobody. You don't know who their parents yeah. are, but they're amazing Jedi's. And they do amazing things. I mean, if she if she so happens to be a, a Skywalker, I mean that's cool and all. But just to have that, just to think that you know, maybe think, she's really not part of anybody would be amazing. Well, see, I was I was I was fan theorizing while I was waiting for the show to begin tonight, and I was really thinking about shit and how they would how they would pull that off to make her a Skywalker. Obviously, yeah. she's not Luke's daughter. You right. know that that. Can even though we know Luke did not, as Mark Hamill put it, he didn't die a virgin. Uh, we <laughs> we're pretty sure that Luke is not the father. You know, mm-hmm. I hear Maury in, in the distance now. You know, <laughs> you are not the father. Oh, but I mean, but Maury, I, I had oh, to God. go there. I had to go there. But uh, I I I think I said I think I've been. I think I've convinced myself that Ray is a clone. Mm. Ray is a clone of Anakin. Okay. This mm. is what I base this on. One, she's ungodly powerful. The only character that we've seen in canon that has even come close to matching her power was Anakin. Yeah. Two, Remember how Jedi get the crystals for their lightsabers. They calls to them, right? So Anakin mm-hmm. was called by his crystal. Mm-hmm. Luke inherited the lightsaber, but the lightsaber never called to Luke. It yeah. did call to Rey. Hey. Yeah. Mm. Sure did. Yeah. Mm. These are these are the uh, things I was thinking about before this show, and I wanted I definitely wanted to bring it up. I'm I'm starting to convince myself she's a clone of Anakin. That that would make sense. Yeah. Sense. Of course, if I'm I mean, wrong, I'm not going to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm not going to be disappointed like you know some other fans with their fan theories. But I'm starting to actually believe that. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the biggest, I think, one of the biggest issues, and Ray has been of all the characters we've talked about. I think 
main characters, Ray has been one of the most divisive. Um, and I don't think that's any the fault of the actress who's played it, but um, it's just the fact of, I think for one, is it wasn't going into Force Awakens, it wasn't who I think a lot of fans were wanting it to, she wasn't who a lot of fans were wanting, wanting her to be. Even after they were told, you're not getting the EU, you're not getting, you know, what's now Legends. I think a lot of people were still in the back of their minds thinking, oh, it's going to be Mara Jade or it's going to be Jaina Solo. And when it wasn't, I think a lot of fans were upset and just never really forgave that, oh, we're not getting these characters that we wanted and never really gave the character a chance. There is that, but it's also the fact that J.J.'s direct, directing style is not George Lucas's. Mm-hmm. George will put things out in the forefront for people. He did it with yeah. with uh, young Anakin Skywalker in episode one. I mean, of course we knew Anakin was Vader and, and all, but, you know, young Anakin in episode one was already OP in the Force. He was, he was a Gary Sue. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, God forbid, you got older, whiny Anakin in episode two, who definitely was a Gary Sue. You know? Yeah. Better than most master Jedis as a Padawan. But, you know, you look at Rey, and I don't know if it's because of the poisoning of the whole entire political uh, uh, points of view out there in the world right now, or if it's, like you said, uh, uh, the fact that it wasn't Mara Jade or, or Jancia or, or, you know, blah, 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 insert name here. It was Ray instead. Yeah. And that she's so overly uh, powerful within the force. And again, with the way JJ directs, he wanted to slow burn that he wanted people to figure it out. But because yeah. of, because of either one, the other or both, they never gave it a chance, and I think they're really going to miss that that all-time oh-my-God moment that you find out why Ray is the way she is. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's let's hit you. <clears throat> you kind of hit, hit on it a little bit. Let's talk about the Mary Sue. And, you know, it's one of those things that I look like you mentioned, you know, young Anakin, and, you know, it's, it's like, you know, Anakin Skywalker as a kid can blow up a Trade Federation ship by himself and no one bats an eye, but Ray can, you know, fly the Falcon with, you know, hardly, apparently no things, and everyone loses their mind. Yeah, uh, you know, but I think one thing is a line from episode one that I think you can use in, um, and the, the the new movies to deal with talk, talking about Ray. It's what. Qui-Gon referred to Anakin as a virgins in the force. I think that's what we're seeing with Ray. She's a virgins in the force. I think if we add I think if we add reality to to the the conversation again too, I think I and I can't believe I'm going to say this because, you know, being a guy who politically would be against this type of statement, but I the more I've watched the fan base, the more I have to agree with it in this aspect. I don't think the Star Wars fan base was ready for a female lead, and that's why that's that's why what we've done here with the women the the series of the women of Star Wars, it's perfect that we left Rey as last because we've given you what ten episodes at least of examples mm-hmm. of 
strong female lead characters or characters who could have been leads and standalones mm-hmm. within this universe. Just because she's a je- just because a uh, Jedi is powerful doesn't mean it has to be male. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I think I don't think I, I I wonder if maybe the fan base just wasn't ready for a female-led Star Wars, which is a damn shame for for Daisy Ridley because I think she's done a hell of a job considering yeah everything that's yeah. that's gone into this trilogy thus far. Yeah, I mean she's she's really stepped into the role, and what I think is interesting is to see the effect she's had on young women. And young girls, you know, I, I, you know, when uh, the trailer dropped, the new, the trailer for episode, uh, teaser trailer, and I was, been watching a lot of the reactions and seeing what people think of it, and to see the reactions of young girls, when they see Ray on there, and their face just lights up, because that, that is, that, she's, uh, she's this generation's Leia, in that sense, of being someone that, you know, whereas people like my age, could have looked up to Leia as being, you know, a young, someone younger that they can look up to. That's something you have with Ray. She's a person that, you know, these young girls can look up to and admire and emulate. No, absolutely. And and yeah. I think it's wonderful. I mean, I watch the reactions. I watch reactions of people like showing kids the Darth Vader scene for the first time in Empire Strikes Back. The Luke, yeah. I am your father, and it's just as many girls as as guys that are, you know, little girls as little boys that are, you know, completely shocked and stunned and engrossed in the movie. And then yeah. I think about one of my favorite reactions of all time was that blonde girl watching the uh, hallway scene of Rogue One for the first time. Oh yes, where she broke out in tears at how wonderful it was, and then Leia's appearance at the end of the movie. Yes. You know, and women love Star Wars, too. Why can't we give them somebody they can look up to? One of my, this is, um, since we're talking about that, one of my favorite reactions was a young girl who was watching the prequels, and she hadn't seen anything else. She had no idea about anything to do you know she, i guess i'm sure she knew who darth vader was but she didn't know who darth vader was and they're watching episode three and she hadn't seen the original trilogy yet and she gets to the point where he becomes vader he kneels before palpatine and she is bawling <laughs> just like don't wow. do it no don't you know i'm like but that's fandom. I mean, we make you know. Sometimes we might make fun of it, but that's fan. That's a that's a true fan. That's someone who is so engrossed in a movie that they lose all sense of what's you know going on. And I think sometimes we get so jaded that we miss that. Yeah. Well, you know, we look at who's directing and who's writing the script, and is the script is this or is it that that we lose that innocence of just losing ourselves in the movie and losing ourselves in the moment. Of even if we know the outcome, of still you know, because we know the good guys got to win. Right. In this movie, we know the good guys got to win somehow. Uh, have you seen Infinity War? Have you seen Empire Strikes Back? Who says the good guys have to win? This is the third right. act, though. Right. This yeah. is the end saga. And I still fully believe the Rise of Skywalker is going to be Kylo Ren. Yeah. I think he's. I think we're going to get a red herring switch here. I think one's going to the dark and the other's coming back. Mm. That'd be interesting. 
Because uh, I was watching a, a TV show called Dark Matter, some kind of sci-fi movie, uh, TV show. I saw a and couple they said episodes that, of that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they said that they said Star Wars went all the way up to sixty four movie wise. So I'm like, it, it might it might be, you know, it just might be a, a continuation of of Star Wars. And if that is the case, that Kylo comes back and Ray goes to the dark side, we're going to have a a good uh, series of movies to come. Well, that like... that would be amazing. Well, let's think, let's think of it from this standpoint. Let me let me take you back before the Disney buyout of Lucasfilm, when the prequel trilogy was made, and Lucas had seven, eight, and nine written out. He had plans for another trilogy, but the fan base was so hateful towards him that he lost the will to want to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's think about that for a second. He put away seven, eight, and nine. So until Disney's buyout, we were never getting seven, eight, and nine. So this yeah. saga ended with Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Mm. Now you tell me again that something can't end on a on a dark note. This is true. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. That was pretty dark. Awesome, but dark. Right. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, thank God that that you know Lucas did sell Lucasfilm to to Disney, and Disney said we want to make Star Wars films because it gives us a, yeah. a reason to sit here and talk about it. I know <laughs> <laughs> things to look forward to. Let's make new content. You know, and, yeah. new, and new things to look forward to in our fandom. But it could have been Revenge of the Sith was the end of Star Wars. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's definitely what I. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, uh, getting back to Ray here for for a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the actual topic, but welcome to War of the Stars, where we stay on topic for about two seconds. <laughs> welcome to Ruminous Entertainment. We we all suffer from uh, ADOSS attention deficit. Oh, something shiny. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel. What? What? Where? Where? Hi. What were we talking about? Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about some of her, some of the relationships that Ray has had, and um, kind of, of course, in the first movie, it was her relationship with uh, Finn, and. I mean, where do you see that relationship going, and how do you kind of see that? I see that definitely as being this almost brother-sister relationship in, in, in the end. By the end of it, it was this very much, they're, they're good friends, but I definitely think he had kind of feelings for her, but I don't think they were reciprocated by Ray in any sense. I don't I don't think Ray is you know I hate to break people's hearts there's no Ray low. I'm glad no. that the Ray and Finn thing didn't didn't hook up and that Finn is now more interested in Rose or at least appears yeah. to be more interested in Rose. Um yeah. I don't think anything's going to come of Ray and Poe more than the, you know the, the the brothers and sisters in arms that they are with yeah. each other. I think I think Ray is going to be a solitary person at the end. I don't do. need I, go, no I agree. 
I agree. <laughs> I think it was. I think what was funny in in looking back in it is like you could tell some times where Finn was like, "Hey, she's kind of cute," and Ray, for her part, was just completely clueless that he had he had any feelings for her. Yeah. He was just like completely like, "All right." Oh Play Jesus! Well. I'll save it till the end. But I just had I just had a thought. Tying, oh, no. tying tying into my theory. I'll save it for the end. We continue the conversation. Just oh no. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah. the other, of course, the other relationship, and you don't really see it a lot, is this kind of bond between her and Leia. Yeah. And you don't see them interact a lot, but when you do, it's very very powerful. And it's almost a passing of the torch. Between these two characters, between right. not not just between uh, Prince, you know, Leia Organa and Ray, but between Daisy Ridley and Carrie Fisher, of mm-hmm. you're now taking the mantle that I had. Um, so that was just a very, a very powerful kind of connection. Like I said, even though they were on screen very little together, um. In the, in the tomb, especially in Last Jedi. I don't think they really had any, maybe just a couple of minutes of screen time together. At the end. At the yeah. end. But, you know, it was still very powerful every time those two were on, on camera together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you have her relationship with Luke. <laughs> and I which, loved her relationship with Luke. Okay. That was, yes. It was hilarious. And you realize something after watching it, Luke became Yoda. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, look at the mannerisms, look at some of the stuff he did, and it's like, I could see Yoda doing that. Oh, you're, I could, you're talking about the first lesson when she puts her hand out when he tells her to reach out for the Force. And he tickles yes. her hand with the, with the reed and then smacks it. That was totally well, a not, Yoda move. Yeah. Well, not just that, but the almost... Forcing her to just follow, follow him around, you know, trying like a little lost puppy while he's like, really? Okay, fine. All all I want to do is milk this, uh, get this green milk out of this titty. Leave me alone, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm sorry. I love you, Mark Hamill, but that was about the creepiest grin you gave when you took a swig of that green milk and you were just like, Having it drip down your beard—that was some, that was some creepy shit, dude. I, I see, oh, I wow. see, I see a crazy hobo at Denny's at two o'clock in the morning licking pennies when I look at that scene. Licking you know? pennies. <laughs> well, shit. Tell me about tell me about well, the that, that took an unexpected turn. <laughs> but I, I did. I'd, I'd love the dynamic of of the reluctant uh, master and the persistent uh, student between the two. Of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, well, let's talk a little bit about just Daisy Ridley's performance overall as an actress. I mean, yeah. I mean, what what did you guys think of the? You know, we can talk about what we like of the character. Let's talk about the performance of of Daisy. And what, what did you guys think of the performance that she's done so far? I think coming just just to come into this this genre and do what she uh, obviously what she's doing. 
Um, you know, because this is a whole new character. It's not like she's basing it off of somebody else and she's trying to fill in the shoes. She's coming in uh, fresh, uh, you know, off the street pretty much. And yeah, I think as as an actor to to do what she she's, what she's doing, and uh, I think it's amazing because you know she she doesn't have anything to go off of other than okay, this is what a Jedi. I, you know, would would do, and this is how I have to react uh, actor wise. Like, okay, this is what I have to train and 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 practice for. But uh, you know, like this coming off of a whole brand new character, I think she's so far doing an amazing job. Yeah, I mean, Star, I mean, Star Wars was her first. I'm just looking at her um, kind of IMDb and her filmography, and she had a few short films under her belt, but Star Wars was her first movie mm. and to be thrown into that and you know with these you know with the prequel before then like you said this was a completely new character it wasn't like she was it wasn't like with hayden christensen where he was playing a character that we kind of already knew right and you know in a setting that you know had been talked about so much in like we talked about at the beginning of the you know people already had the the e the old EU so there was expectations there were all these thoughts of what it should be or what it could be so you know you had all this stuff and just to be thrown into it I think she's done an amazing job yeah oh absolutely there's a vulnerability that she portrays on screen an uncertainty she plays portrays on screen uh, that that makes Ray even in quote unquote Mary Sue form feel so human about but at the same time she for mm-hmm. somebody who's got to be uh, by now probably she's comfortable but i mean you think back to force awakens and she had to have been scared out of her wits it's, uh, this is my first real film and it's the biggest franchise in film history mm-hmm. and i'm yeah. the lead you know and, and the and, fan base will judge the hell out of you and the, the, oh the, yeah and the fan base will destroy yeah. you and she was still able to portray like levels of confidence in ray and, and yeah. really, I don't. I don't want to say chew up the scenery because she didn't. She didn't chew it up, but she owned the scenes she was in. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. mean, and, I don't. I don't care if you're you're a sequel lover or hater. That scene in Force Awakens when that lightsaber goes flying past Kylo and lands in her hand, every one of us had fucking chills. Yeah. And that wasn't just the cinematography. That wasn't just the storytelling. That was the look on Daisy Ridley's face. As she realized that the lightsaber came to her, and the way she was acting, how that lightsaber came to her, and then she got that determined look on her face as she ignited it. Yeah, yeah, that's pure act right there. Yeah, yeah. Def- yes, yeah. That's, and I mean, and this, I mean, this opens the door to her for all. I mean, an entire career. Mm. You know, and I, you know, just some girl from from England who just got, you know, happened to be in the right place at the right time. And now she's going to forever be remembered. And, you know, she'll be, you know, even if she doesn't do anything the rest of her life, she'll be famous the rest of her life. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, she could never make a movie the rest of her life, but she will be, she will go down as, you know, she'll be famous the rest of her life. Oh, she'll, she'll, she'll deal with what Jerry, uh, Carrie Fisher used to joke about. 
about signing away your likeness as George George Lucas that every time you looked in a mirror you had to send him a check for a couple bucks. Like <laughs> oh my gosh. Like she can never she can never work again and just live off the royalties of all the merchandise that will continue to have her face on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For the rest of our unnatural lives and beyond. Our our great grandchildren will be playing with some format of a Ray figure. Yeah. Forever. And ever, ever. Mm-hmm. and ever, 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 ever. <laughs> I there was she was in a movie uh, right after Awaken. I didn't go see it, um, but I heard she she did real good. And it was a train. Something about. Yeah, she was a murder on the or, she was a murder on the or, Orient Express. Right again, something yeah. you, you know. You're talking about her second film, and Murder on the Orient Express is a classic story. Yeah. That's big shoes in its own right to fill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she did a voice uh, in Peter Rabbit. And oh. then, of course, yeah. uh, what's that? No, I said, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, that's she hasn't really done a whole lot. But still, I mean, it's like we said, you know, she's she basically, if she doesn't want to, she doesn't have to work again. Nope. I mean, she literally does not have to work again. She can just, but I mean, I don't think she will. I think she's the type of, she looks like, she seems like the type of person that wants to work, that wants to, wants to act and wants to be on screen and doing something. So I don't think that we're just going to see her sit on her laurels and just kind of milk the, the, the fandom for, you know. True. There's money to be made. Yeah, she's gonna go do whatever she can to make sure she can um, stack up roles, stack up the cash, and um, yeah, I think she's definitely not gonna settle with just being the Star Wars. In this day and age, you can't settle with just one thing anyway. Yeah, well, let, let, oh, she's let's... young, she's good looking. Oh, she's gonna be doing more than that. But <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, that—that's the thing, and 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 she's ambitious. That's what I take away from from knowing that she's. You know, she she went out for the part of of Ray in Star Wars. You know what I mean? She knew she was a a unknown actress when she went out to try out for the role. And mm-hmm. her follow up film was Murder on the or- Orient Express. Mm-hmm. That tells me this girl sets her goals high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. You ain't gonna make her sit down and do nothing. She's got she's got high ambitions, high expectations for her career. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's uh, do a little. Let's just wrap up and kind of give our final thoughts on uh, on the on Ray and Daisy Ridley, and just kind of go around and uh, kind of final thoughts on basically just the women of Star Wars, and you know, as we've been talking with the series, and just kind of. Yeah, oh, just overall thoughts. So, Chris, we'll start with you. Oh no, let the other guys go first because I could. This okay. is where I could throw my thing that I thought about in. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, Kevin, Kevin, start with you. Uh, just thoughts on the overall women of Star Wars. I think, you know, each each woman, each character, uh, they mean so much to everybody uh, that it's it's not it's not going to it's something that will never end. Uh, with the with the genre, it, it could be centuries, and people like you know, although remember the names Ray, Leia, uh, Soka, um, 
and I, I'm not I'm not familiar with like understanding act uh, characters, but they'll remember their names so for so much that I named my my second daughter Leia. So, uh, and not just because I thought it was a beautiful name. And yes, I love Star Wars, but because of who Leia represented in the movies, a strong character, a strong female character um, that you know who felt as though. In her interview, she said she had she felt like she had to compete with everybody. She had books uh, to make her feel like she was, you know, smart. Like, like so that way she can feel like uh, not above her uh, coworkers, but you know, just to feel like she to feel more, I guess. And mm-hmm. so I think you know each woman in their own right, uh, even from the. Uh, the like the, the cartoons and the little side stories. Uh, whenever there's a female present uh, inside of Star Wars, there, there's somebody to uh, recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony, what about you? What are your take takeaway from when you think of the women of Star Wars? Let's see. When I think of the women of Star Wars, the first thing that came to mind is. The exceptional beauty they bring to the movies as strong women who actually have inspired a lot of girls in the fandom and myself. Mm-hmm. It's a great reflection. It was a new step in a new direction. Some even call it a step into feminism. I feel like it's an evolution that it doesn't matter if you're a guy or girl mm-hmm. or an alien <laughs> when it comes down to it. There is a sense of empowerment that girls can do it too. Yeah. And then on top of that, for a lot, it is a fantasy for a lot of men. And maybe some women as well. So yes, I salute and I thank the Star Wars girls for enlightening our minds and our spirits. Because remember, besides every, um, beside every good man, there's a good woman. Or That's right. maybe it's beside every good woman there's another woman. I mean it is 2019. <laughs> so with that <laughs> with that yeah. Thank you, women of Star Wars. Um and I'll let since Chris has a big thing he wants to share, I'll kind of give my thoughts here now. And I think you guys just kind of hit it on the head. I mean it, there's so many strong and powerful characters and strong and powerful actresses who have filled these roles and these um, whether they were you know the main character or whether they were side characters you know I think there's so many people that my daughter can look up to as she grows grows older and as I you know kind of introduce her to Star Wars which I'm slowly starting to do do that now mm-hmm. and um, her favorite character is Darth Vader by the way yeah <laughs> Um, but she you know there's there's none of the characters I can look at and think like oh do I really want my my daughter emulating that per that 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 character and when it comes to Star Wars there's really whether it be the the Leia and her her kind of regalness that she portrayed and the same time vulnerability whether it be that tenacity of rent of um of jen whether it be you know ray and her 
you know, her attitude and everything like that. Nothing. There's no one, one character that I can look at and say, like, yeah, I don't want my daughter be, being like that. So love has blinded you? What's that? So love has blinded you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. But, uh, and now, Chris, what about you? Well, I mean, what what can you say about the women of Star Wars? I mean, going again, you can't talk about the women of Star Wars without talking about Carrie Fisher. And, and Kevin hit it right on the head. Carrie felt, even though she was the daughter of royalty, I mean, she came from famous parents, but she never felt herself like she was an equal to everybody else. And she worked that much harder to prove that she was. Yeah, and and her character was so inspiring not only for for like little girls looking up to her, but to the film industry. If Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia didn't work, there would have been no Ellen Ripley for yeah. Alien. There there would never have been a Sarah Connor for for Terminator. There never would have been a uh, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but uh, Mia's character in Resident Evil as, as examples. Yeah, you know what I mean. Strong female independent leads. Um, mm -hmm. it started with Carrie Fisher, and I think Star Wars has always held that tradition with all their characters, but especially yeah. for the females. The females have always been the equals to the males in in, in the films, and I don't I don't think they've strayed from that at all with Ray. Ray's That's, yeah absolute motivation her 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 survivor instincts uh her ability to move forward even in times of uncertainty like not knowing who her parents are or how she has this power and everything else um that they've that they've portrayed her in thus far she is again a perfect example of somebody that picks herself up by her bootstraps mm -hmm. and keeps moving forward and yeah. that's you can't ask for better inspiration for young young girls to watch. My daughter loves Ray, like your daughter. My my daughter's uh, she calls herself Darth Elsa. I mean, it kind of tells you her two favorite <laughs> characters of all time. Yeah, you know, Darth Vader and and Queen Elsa from Frozen. But I mean, she she'll tell you like her, her favorite characters are Ahsoka and Ray. You know, like yeah. and how how do I how do I say no? You can't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want you to grow up like that. But I, the, the thought that I had about Ray, it was the ending of, of episode nine. You called her a virgins. In the uh, yeah, vir virgins in the force. Yes. And remember how I said I think she might be kind of a clone of Anakin, and that's why <laughs> the lightsaber was calling to her. What if she's not even a clone, but the lightsaber is called to the virgins? And instead of her turning to the dark side, what if, like, at the end of the movie, she fades back into the Force, like, my job is done? Wow. Ooh. Wow. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Almost like, for, for lack of a better term, like a Force angel. Right. Ooh. Uh, yeah, Ooh. I need, everything needs to be settled and calm. I need to bring back the balance. Then once my job is done, I'll go. That's that's some Avatar Last Ember in this, uh, stuff. <laughs> wow, that's what I look. Hey, that's good. Wow, that, that's what wow. popped. That's what popped in my head, and I'm like, uh, you know what? I'm gonna get shot by the fandom. Should I even mention this? But that that's what popped in my head while uh, we were talking. 
Uh oh. Well, we will find out in December. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, uh, we'll let you guys, uh, we'll kind of close off here, and um, we'll start with Kevin. Kevin, where can people find you at? You can find me on YouTube at uh, Intune. Uh, you can add me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram if you want. Uh, Instagram, uh, father underscore uh, of three, and Facebook, just Kevin Hunter. All right, and what about you, Anthony? Where can people find you on the interwebs? All right, for uh, for Mr. Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. Black Fabio, a.k.a. The Midnight Marauder, a.k.a. Okay, anyway, seriously. <laughs> um, you can find... All right. <laughs> you can find... We ruined Let's him. Let's see. <laughs> um, you can find me on Delivery Bros 816 on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, Delivery Bros KC on Facebook. Um, you can also find me under Anthony Anthem Williams as well. If you want to find me on other uh, sources on my solo page, and then on top of that, you can find me, um, find me and the podcast that I am on, the Delivery Bros. Um, basically, any uh, major platform available from Castbox, Spotify, and more. Right here, exclusively, also on Realm of the Mist. Realm well, of a, the Mist, RLTM, baby. Not exclusive, right. but he's definitely a part of. <laughs> yes. RLTM daddy that's right uh, what about you Chris where can people find you at well you could after after uh, this week you could probably find me at the street corner somewhere with a little cardboard sign saying uh, we'll, we'll cho- force choke you <laughs> we'll force choke you for food uh, <laughs> no, you, you can find me anywhere you can... food. <laughs> that could be taken so many different ways sir yeah. Well, you, know. <laughs> you might want to change that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's kind of off topic, but one of the greatest signs I ever saw was actually out in Colorado. A guy that stood off of I-25, and he had a sign that said, uh, Why lie? I need a beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you said that's great. I saw a guy once. He had a sign that said, uh, If you jack off, honk your horn. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, there was two others that were great that I ever seen, too. One was... Uh, Need parts for my spaceship so I can get home. And uh, the third, the third one was like, you know, please help for 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 uh, for money for food. And I was walking by it, and the guy kept trying to get my attention. And when he finally got my attention, which he was annoying me, he flipped the sign around. He's like, "Do you ever wonder where we got the money for the marker?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one. Wow. Okay, yeah. So yeah, you can find me here. You can find me here at Realm of the Mist on uh, all the great podcasts and Let's Plays. And, of course, you can find me uh, in the description down below at the website. Just click that link. And uh, you can find all of our great quality podcasts on Anchor, iTunes, or wherever quality podcasts are heard. That's right. And you can find me on Twitter at JohnMarkTolly1 because I am, of course, the number one JohnMarkTolly on Twitter. Find me on Instagram at JohnTolly3930 and on Facebook at MarkTolly. Hear me each and every week right here on Realm of the Mist on War of the Stars. And join us next week as we start a new series on just some of the other characters. We're going to start a new series next week. And we're going to be starting off, we're talking about Luke Skywalker. Oh, there we go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Here, here comes here comes War of the Stars' first three-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been here for 20 years. <laughs> Until next time, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. Always. Always. Mace Windu out. Why didn't the three little pigs go in for some kind of flat share scheme? Does Jesus get to choose which wine he turns it into? Why don't Sims have the body strength to climb out of a swimming pool? And does everybody really want to be a cat? I'm Will Baker. And I'm Alex Prescott. And if you're the type of person that overthinks these deep philosophical questions, then Think to the Brink is the podcast for you. From Disney characters to song lyrics, debates to social etiquette, tune in every week with your dose of paralysis by analysis. All topics are just welcome. If you can... We can overthink it. Think to the available podcast. And this is inviting you to check out War of the Stars, Star Wars podcast. Me and my co-host Christopher Stolly discuss the news interviews surrounding one of the largest. Eastern as we the galaxy far, far, far away, right here on Anchor FM and wherever I'm cut. You know, you see, he was a motivated score, it's an LP19116. They are formerly known as East Coast Vapor. They have all you need, all the equipment all the juice and hey while you're there sit down enjoy a beer bring your own and just hang out with a bunch of cool people so guys if you really need your next vape machine or maybe you just want to try a loading made uh, juice make sure you hit up vape scorpion that's 1085 boston avenue philadelphia pa 19116 or give a call to 215-464-8273 Oh yeah, and make sure you let them know that Realm of the Mist Entertainment sent you. He said that she said, how dare you say that? That's offensive. Well, someone's gotta say it. It had to be said with Venus. Catch the live show Tuesdays at 9pm Eastern Time. Check out the recordings at any time. Guest shows weekly. Listener, beware. Mature content. Sexual content. Trigger warning. Do you dare say it? Hi, my name's Chris, and I'm here to you about Realm of the Mist podcast. Realm of the Mist podcast, we talk about all the great entertainment things from movies, music, books, comic books, and many, many other forms of entertainment, as well as politics, current events, and just general humor and having a good time. If you're looking for a podcast that is right up your alley, look no further than Realm of the Mist podcast here on Anchor.fm or where fine podcasts can be heard. Hi, this is Dave from the Comic Collection at 83 Bustleton Pike in Feasterville, Pennsylvania. Our phone number is 215-357-3332. We are right next to Northeast Philadelphia. We have action figures, gaming, statues, albums, and CDs, graphic novels, other knickknacks, and, of course, comics. I 
established in 1985, we are your go-to store. Come by and say hello, and say that the guys from RadioCast FM Radio sent you. The address again is 83 Bustleton Pike, Feasterville, Pennsylvania, or call 215-357-3332. Three-eyed turtle? Is that all right? <laughs> a fucking a three-eyed turtle. Who wants a mustache ride? Are you tired of the same old podcasts with no humor? <laughs> well, join us for After Hours, where everything is funny, at least to us, on Anchor.fm, and where oh quality God. podcasts are heard. How the fuck did we get on this? <laughs> I don't know. CC started this shit. It's their fucking fault. Hey everyone, this is Dak. This is Liam. And this is White People Shit. We are a bi-weekly podcast Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe you're buying week. I'm straight and strong. It means twice a week, you douche. Oh. Yeah, listen to us twice a week. On White People Wednesdays, we talk about gay stuff, zombies, superhero sex positions. And on Feature Peep Fridays, we interview the Feature Peep of the Week. Yeah, like a furry. Just search WPS Podcast and look for the white dude in red pajamas. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere else you get your podcasts. We believe in equal opportunity humor, where all things can be made fun of. So if your feelings get hurt and you're offended, you can always eat a dick.